1: I'm Liz, the chief mom officer, and when I'm not busy being the breadwinner of my family of five, I'm stacking Benjamins.
2: Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. (laughs) I'm Joe's mom's neighbor Doug, and Joe's mom just told me it's vanilla ice day. Let's kick it! Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. da, 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 da. i am a huge fan of Vanilla Ice. In fact, if you stop, collaborate, and listen, I've always thought that if I could have hair like that and wear my members-only jacket, oh, sweet heaven. Speaking of heaven, on today's show, we'll talk to one real estate investor who's doing great work to bring affordable real estate to the masses. Please welcome Eddie Lauren. Plus, in our headline segment, think emergency funds are overrated? We'll get the guy's opinion. That's before we throw out the Haven Lifeline to Derek, who wonders about taxes, answer another letter from the mailbag, and ice ice baby our way all the way to my trivia. And now, two guys who wouldn't know a great vanilla ice song if it melted down the front of their shirt, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G.
0: Was there more than one?
3: Well, if you ask Vanilla Ice, there was. But right. Doug, I don't think he means what he thinks he means here.
0: Welcome to Vanilla Ice's greatest hit, right? It's like this one, <laughs> this one song. Hey, everybody, welcome to Monday on Stacky Benjamins. I'm Joe Sol Average Joe Money on Twitter. And across the card table from me, back for another action packed money talking week, it's Mr. OG.
3: Yeah, today is the middle child's birthday.
0: How about so, that? Turning
3: eight today.
0: And Hard to believe. middle child in the OG family, for those of you that don't know, for those of you playing the home game, he's the wild and crazy member
3: yes, of the he is OG the, family. He is the spark.
0: Yes. Oldest OG child is the quiet thinker, I think.
3: He's he's branching out though because he's, he's he's a preteen. Yes. So he's starting to get a little mouthy. But
0: Oh, and then the middle one was born mouthy.
3: <laughs> yes, he was. He had a full but, vocabulary. But
0: but born hilarious. Down. Yeah. And you know what? He's a guy that definitely, when he starts working, will want to use Slack. I mean, clearly then everybody will know how much he knows. Eight years old, you think he's ready for Slack? <laughs> you, we don't want him on Slack. <laughs> we, we just, We'd but,
3: love to have him on Slack, but not on our Slack. On right. Slack.
0: Slack's a collaboration hub for work. Whatever work you do, thanks to Slack for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Slack makes sure the right people on your team are always in the loop. Key information's always at their fingertips. We love our Slack. Learn more at slack.com. We're also happy to be brought to you by Honey. Thanks to Honey for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Honey's the free browser add-on that over 9 million people are using every day to save money while they shop online. It's funny, I was buying some clothes last week. Honey saved me 20% OG.
3: Oh How much did the add-on app cost? Uh free. So that would be zero dollars. Zero So like you have to click a button and it saves money. Got it. Okay.
0: Yes. Click two buttons,
3: actually. Oh, my bad. Two buttons. Yes. Double the amount of work. Takes but just uh, two still clicks. Costs, <laughs> still prices still costs the same.
0: Takes two clicks to install, saves you tons of money. Get honey for free at joinhoney.com/slash sb. Make sure you use SB so that uh, they know that we sent you. All right. We got a great show today, man. So let's get into it. Eddie Lauren's here, but first we've got some headlines. So let's move.
4: Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins
1: Headlines.
0: Our first headline comes to us from financialplanning.com, the place where financial planners go and hang out. Uh, This written by Amanda Shivo clients think too small about one crucial aspect of planning as if that's not financial planner clickbait right there what aspect is it here's
3: the one thing that you're not preparing your clients for
0: i lol at number three right <laughs> but there's only there's only one unexpected financial burdens can come in many forms this piece says from car damage to a serious illness yet many clients aren't prepared for such expenses moreover they seem disturbingly nonchalant about it. and And by the way, we've been doing this show for how long? Don't people l- think disturbingly, yeah, just seem disturbingly nonchalant about emergency funds? I don't know if they're disturbingly nonchalant, but they are, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, whatever. Eh,
3: yeah, whatever, right? they're they're uh, yeah, maybe a little not a little nonchalant. I, I don't know that it would go disturbingly nonchalant. People are disturbingly nonchalant about disability insurance.
0: Oh wait, we'll get there in our second headline. <laughs> we're totally, we're totally going to do a double threat here today. Coming up with emergency savings fund is a crucial part of financial planning, but advisors say getting clients to contribute the right amount is daunting. "Quote: The biggest challenges are not that clients don't understand the need for a savings fund, but that the savings fund they have in mind is too small," says advisor Roy Jans of De Hollander and Jans Financial Group. With interest rates so low, the mentality is often "I'll borrow it if I need a more significant fund." This can be problematic. It can be
3: very problematic, right? What happens if uh, American Express notices that you're in a little bit of a world of trouble because all of your information is now public, pretty much, right? And Amex goes, "Yeah, not a big fan of having this guy have ten thousand dollars available credit." Um, we're going to knock him down to
0: four or twenty five hundred. But what happens if the reason you have a problem, speaking of disability, is because of disability and now you can't pay your bill. Why are you going to borrow money when you're disabled and you've no income coming in?
3: Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. When, when, yeah. Good luck making the payment, right?
0: The three to six month period is intended to coincide with the waiting period of disability income insurance, says advisor Christopher White, a People's Bank, also playing a part in that rule of thumb or job security, income level consistency, and whether there's more than one income earner involved, he notes. Good stuff there. Not something I think we have to spend a ton of time on, but certainly something we haven't reported about enough either, OG. I think we talk about other areas a lot more than emergency funds, so it's a great reminder day, as mom says.
3: It's a reminder. Tie a ribbon around your finger. Remember,
0: fund your cash reserve. Our second piece is written by our friend Mary Beth Franklin. comes to us from Investment News, another place financial planners hang out. We're all about the financial planner news today. Uh, Retirement 2.0, new ways to estimate and fund long-term care costs. How's that for a financial planner clickbait right there? Again.
3: Is it a big cash reserve?
0: (laughs) It probably (laughs) is. Nothing strikes fear in the heart of retirees more than these three letters, LTC, the potentially crushing cost of long-term care in a nursing home, memory care unit, or even at home, most of which are not covered by Medicare, can easily destroy a retirement plan. But the unpredictability of who will require costly care and the diminished availability of traditional long-term care insurance policies create a challenge for even the savviest financial advisors. An estimated 70% of people 65 and older are going to need some form of long-term care as they age. Let's go over this, OG, because I'm going to say this again, because this is why insurance In the long-term care sector is so expensive. Insurance is expensive, not because insurance companies are trying to rip you off. There might be some that are, but that's not why, as a category, this is expensive. As a category, it's expensive because of this stat. An estimated 70% of people 65 and older will need some form of long-term care as they age, according to the Department of Health and Human Services. So good, I had to say that twice. Purely the reason why it's so expensive is it's going to happen to you.
3: It's totally priced based on probability and the magnitude of the event if it were to happen. This is why this is really expensive. This is why it costs more to insure your car than it does to insure your house probably.
0: Hopefully your house is more expensive than your car
3: probably yeah of course it is but or i mean in most cases right but why does it cost about the same or at least it's not commensurately different right, right. you got a $25,000 Toyota and a $250,000 house your Toyota is 1200 bucks a year to insure your house is 1200 bucks a year to insure why probability there's a really good chance you're going to wreck that thing and they're going to have to write a check your house yeah probably you're going to be okay
0: speaking of magnitude now for a car what maybe a few thousand bucks for a fender bender Maybe. Listen to this one. The national annual cost for a private room in a nursing home is $97,452, according to the 2017 Genworth Cost of Care Survey, which includes a state by state breakdown of costs for various levels of care. The average length of a nursing home stay is two and a half years. 100,000 bucks.
3: Times two and a half.
0: Right. So
3: 250.
0: So if you're going to self insure, which we talked to Fritz about last week, because that's what he's doing. If you set $250,000 aside today, right? And never spend it for other retirement goals. Just put it in a bag. That's what it's going to take for the average. Now, if you're somebody that's, that goes over. No,
3: I would say it's not average because 70% of people. So it's not one in two. It's not you and your spouse. It's one and a half of you. Need it.
0: So it's probably four years, which is also, by the way, what Fritz talked about was putting yeah. four years aside, 400000 bucks.
3: Yeah. And that's if you're quote unquote average. What if you have Alzheimer's and you're in assisted care for 11 years?
0: The traditional funding choices for long term care expenses are self funding, traditional long term care insurance, a hybrid insurance policy, or annuity with a long term care rider. Or Medicaid for those who have few assets and low income. There have been times when I told people, you know what, don't worry about it. Medicaid is our plan because they didn't have they're enough to protect. They're here from
3: the government and they're here to help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Speaking seriously. Of Ronald
3: Reagan. Seriously. Really
0: cool. <laughs> seriously, if you don't have much to protect, Medicare is your best. Medicaid, excuse me. Medicaid,
3: yeah. Is your best. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't afford the premiums. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But if you have something to protect, I think. One of those three options. Most of my clients, when I was a financial planner, it's been a while. So I'm curious, OG, if this is still the case with you, a hybrid approach where we partly self-insured and we partly gave some of the risk to an insurance company. Like I would generally see people buy a long-term care policy, but one that had a really big deductible period. And then we'd have like a joint policy that was for whoever went and four years. Yeah, the more
3: Uh, catastrophic stuff, you're going to insure the shorter term stuff.
0: It's almost like, it's almost like, you know, the HSA, right? The HSA and high deductible health plan. That's kind of what we tried to do for long-term care for most people. With an extra
3: zero on the end. That's
0: true. Is that the approach that you generally see people use?
3: I would say so. Probably the vast majority of people don't need to cover the entire amount of the long-term care cost projections, especially if through their financial planning we demonstrate that there's excess, you know, cash flow available through investments or whatever. So at that point in time, even if you can self-insure, then you're doing the whole do I want to? You know, so I think a lot of our clients are kind of stuck in that middle ground of, well, they probably have enough money to self-insure, but does it make sense to open yourself up to, you know, four, six, eight hundred thousand dollar liability? when an insurance company will likely cover that for a much smaller amount today.
0: Mary Beth then writes about this life stage protection concept, a new kind of hybrid insurance policy. Are you familiar with these? They start off as a life insurance policy, but then it collapses and turns into an LTC policy.
3: Yeah, this uh, the, the hybrid LTC stuff. It's starting to get some traction because of just the, the huge costs of long-term care.
0: Still, monthly premiums from 63 to 185 bucks and it's funny because i know what some people say they're driving their car off the road or they're going holy cow i'm not looking into that that's too expensive there is no cheap way (laughs) there's no cheap way die yes yeah don't don't have it don't make sure you're in the 30 percent. that's the cheap way i think that's lesson number one Look at long-term care, look at it early, and uh, make your decision so you're not worried about it throughout your life. And then number two, I think uh, emergency fund. Emergency fund goes hand-in-hand with this, OG. Get your emergency fund in order, and it increases the flexibility of your risk management plan. You're going to love our guest today, OG. Eddie Lauren is the founder of Strategic Realty Holdings and Impact Housing REIT, and also co-founder of the Happy Foundation. Over the past 30 years, he's successfully purchased and transformed $3 billion worth of multifamily real estate, amounting to more than 180 thriving communities covering approximately 40,000 apartment units throughout the United States. By the way, we get real estate people who want to be on this show probably, I'm going to say three times a week were pitched uh, that people want and none of
3: them have this resume
0: well and here's the thing that makes him makes him different and the reason why I reached Billion. out I reached out to him and said okay we normally don't have a lot of these investment gurus on Eddie I want you on the show because Eddie's made it his life mission to fix the housing affordability crisis in America and to make safe quality housing and community support available and affordable for everybody. He takes his experience and leads an intergenerational movement, tired of inflated housing prices to do the same through his newest venture and investment opportunity, Impact Housing. So we've had people on talking about impact investing. Eddie Loren's doing it with real estate, something I, I hadn't ever seen before, before I was introduced to Eddie. So let's say hi to Eddie Loren. And walking down the stairs, Eddie Lauren. Eddie, how are you, man? Good to see you. I'm so glad that you're here with us. You know, you're in two different areas that we've never, I've never personally matched together impact investing and real estate. How has impact? How has, <laughs> to me,
4: it's so obvious. That's great.
0: Well, no, well, and that's why I wanted to talk to you because once I read about you and I was so excited about having you on the show because it seems obvious to me now, but how has impact investing changed over your career? Well, I've always been doing
4: impact investing. I've prided myself on taking blight and making light. I take older neglected real estate and I transform them into thriving communities. That's just impact. When you change someone's environment, you can change their life. This whole concept of impact is started 10 years ago. And I finally said, what impact? I've been doing this for a while. I might as well just take it on. <laughs> so uh, I just think it's always been there. You can do well by doing good, by making a difference where people live. That's what's so impactful. Cause n- not only you can change their lives where they live, but you can actually give them environmental return to an investor, save water, toilets, et cetera, leaky faucets, upgrade the electrical, LEDs. So there's an environmental bottom line. Of course, a financial bottom line comes from saving expenses or the rents. And then the third bottom line is a social return, a social bottom line. And that's what we do health and wellness programming in our apartment communities through our nonprofit called Happy. No better place than to meet people's health and wellness needs than where they live. Everybody's working. These are working class folks. They work sometimes two jobs. They don't have time to go to the YMCA or the church or the synagogue. But if you have a really great clubhouse where people can congregate and learn how to make smoothies and eat right and grow their own vegetables in a community garden, it creates a sense of community through health. So that's the ultimate impact. Now, when you say impact in real estate, that's impact in housing. I don't know how there's not that much yeah. impact in, in other segments of real estate, but my segment is, is
0: clear. Well, maybe environmental cleanup. I mean, that's only the only thing other thing I could yeah. possibly think of, but, but, but it's funny because you present happy as a social win, but I think also, between landlord and tenant, there's often this, this uh, tough relationship, and especially when you're working with people that, that have trouble paying the bills and they have to decide which bills to pay, from a getting paid standpoint, I would think they're more likely to want to pay you because they like you. Do you find that to be true? Listen, my, our motto is happy residents,
4: stay, pay, and refer their friends. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. Correct.
0: Yeah. Where did you get your start? Did you, did you start off young in, in real estate? Tell me how you started yeah, in real estate. Eddie. I started out
4: in office, then I moved to industrial, then retail, and I've happened upon apartments. And I said, where's the real value? The real value is not building new. Although people make money building new because people like shiny new things. I always found that the real value and the real cash flow is the basis being low enough, if you buy neglect, like I said, if you buy blight and make light, that's where you can't get hurt because everybody needs a place they can afford and that's clean and safe. So, you know, it's a defensive play, especially in a real estate market right now, that's a little toppy, Yeah, one could argue. There's always a need. There's such a dearth of affordable housing. And the current administration's not promoting a lot of affordable housing, unfortunately. So... The demand is growing. Incomes are not rising as fast as rents. So there's a real niche and a real key need for almost 3.4 million apartment units are needed by 2030 to keep up with demand, let alone if it accelerates. How so you- it's, it's really a great sector.
0: How does an investor make money in their area though, Eddie? Is it the deal and making sure that you buy at a low enough price point? Is it the, yeah. the systems around being able to make it light uh, more inexpensively, like relationships with contractors to fix the place up better? What's the kind of the secret sure. sauce?
4: The secret sauce is buying neglect because then the seller doesn't know what they have and you get a better deal. But you have to value engineer your improvements, like you said, to not over-improve. Because if you over-improve, you're not going to get a return on your investment. So it is a very, very fine line between over-improving, yet giving people value, and buying it right. So that's what we do best. We have vision that others don't. And you know, we start with a sign. I want someone to drive by our property and say, I only wish I could afford to live there. Look how beautiful that is. And a great paint job. And once you get inside, you see the -the state-of-the-art fitness center, the resort-style pool. These are not that expensive improvements, but they really give you a a lot of marketing pop. And then that clubhouse needs to sing, make it really inviting to gather. You know, you have business centers and Wi-Fi and outdoor fitness, dog parks. And then when you get to the interiors of the units, you get a nice flooring, nice cabinets, knobs that are attractive, you know, just a portion properly rather than over-improve and jack the rents.
0: That's what I was so, going to say. It sounds like it, not to cut you off, but it's uh, <laughs> trade-offs. You're trading off some things which are really what people want for things that they don't value as highly.
4: You remember that Suave? You're old enough to be remember that commercial. Suave does what theirs does for less than <laughs> half the price. Yes. That's
0: my mom. <laughs> When it comes to valuing properties, you talked about getting a better deal and the fact that it's blight and the owner doesn't know what they have. Is it because of the part of town that it's in? Is it because of the particular town that it's in? How do you find those those values?
4: Well, first of all, the brokerage community is really important. I've been doing business for so many years. They know I, I'm a good guy to come to and I'll close and all those things that are given because, you know, not anybody has done the volume I've done has the credibility I have. So, of course, I get to see really good deals and they they come to me with the hard ones, the easy ones any schmuck can do. Yeah, I don't I don't play on those because there's nowhere for me to add value. They don't need me. I go where there's unique opportunities like we're buying one in Maryland now where there's 48 townhomes that are individually owned. And then there's a high-rise apartment. We're buying the high-rise, but there's one water main that comes in that the townhouses are being built by the apartment community that we're going to own, but we will not own the townhomes, if you follow me. So now they're putting their thumb in the air and guessing how much to reimburse from the association. And we're going to just spend 50 grand on an apartment uh, water meter, and we're going to collect exactly what we're supposed to collect. That's the uniqueness of what the opportunity is. Every child has its own DNA. Every deal has its own DNA. Good deals are made and not found. Okay. Like I said, any schmuck can go and look and try to buy some real estate. You have to have the experience and the depth to be able to create value and see where it works and where it doesn't.
0: It's interesting for everybody listening. There's a couple things that Eddie said there that Eddie didn't say out loud that I'll put words into your mouth for. Number one okay. is I've talked a lot about, it's about building relationships and a lot of what you've done over your career is build relationships. And I think any place you work is about relationships. It seems like I always get better service if it's from a referral than anywhere else because of that. That's number one. Number two is there's a lot of importance in the math and the math is going to be different every time. There's going to be different uh, factors that you have to weigh in the math. So I think knowing the math is also incredibly important. Would you Would you agree with those statements? Can I put those into your sure. into your mouth? Yeah. Of course. Thank you. Yeah.
4: I mean, it's all about credibility on all levels, and you know, and leverage. If you have the leverage, that people know that they're going to close with you versus these other unknown people they haven't done business with, they're going to go with you, and especially
0: if they like you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've seen a lot of the real estate market lately turn to the newest hotness, which seems like something that kind of is an offshoot about what you're doing, mobile home parks. I'm seeing a lot of movement toward refurbishing mobile home parks, making them much more attractive to live in, building the clubhouses you're talking about. What do you think about that? Is that a fad? Is that coming and going, or is that kind of where we're headed? Sounds cool. It's not
4: my world. So I always stick to my knitting, but I think it sounds good. Yeah. Makes sense. It certainly- Any s- housing is good housing. There is such a shortage of housing. It's ridiculous and it's only getting worse. So you can't build old product, yeah. an older product, which we call naturally occurring affordable housing. That's the more or less expensive, obvious real estate that people have to be able to afford to live in. You can't put you know low income people in new product without huge subsidies. Whereas you can make- Those same subsidies go a lot longer if you just buy existing products. So that's, I'm the champion for that.
0: They talk about real estate is local. People talk about a national real estate market. Real estate experts we talked to before say there's really no such thing. A, do you agree with that? And B, if you do, are there certain areas of the United States you like better than others at this current time?
4: I like the Beltway, D.C. I think it's a great market. It's always been a great market. And there's a shortage there. I like Florida, I like Texas, Dallas is booming. I like Colorado, and then Vegas and Southern California. These are the markets I like. I've had a lot of experience in 48 states, but I think these are the real great havens for growth that I see, and it's all about demand. You're not gonna get hurt if there's a real shortage of affordable housing. If you can give people seven to hundred to $1,000 rents and give them that fake QG bag that is like a real one, then they're gonna stay and pay. That's the bottom line.
0: You know, you talk about these areas with a lack of affordable housing. All I hear about all the time in the headlines, Eddie, is San Francisco, right? About how real estate's so expensive, there, workers are struggling to find housing and they're forced into these super long commutes to the point that it's very difficult to get a workforce out to your business. That's where right. Where do you see that headed? Well, let's define
4: what you're saying because I think it's important for people to understand you're not supposed to pay more than 30% for your housing of your income. So let's say if you made 50 grand, you shouldn't pay more in rent than 30% of that. So that's three times five is 15,000 yeah. in rent. Well, let's say people are paying 25,000 in rent. So 50%, that's the average, what a lot of people are paying. Add transportation, it could be as high as 70%. So what you're saying is really important And the only solution is transit-oriented product and to be able to build on and build and build and build and all this NIMBY stuff. What is NIMBY? Not in my backyard. It has to stop. We have to build our way out of this. We have to buy existing and build our way out of it and do mobile home parks and do everything because there's such a shortage and it's only getting worse. It's The government permitting process is slow, especially in California. They have this thing called California... Environmental uh, Quality Act, CEQA, and it stops a lot of projects from going through and it takes years. And time's ticking and time is not our friend. So we have to all band together to build more, to create more options, to renovate warehouses, to do anything we can to house our communities because people have one foot on a banana peel. And that's why homelessness is rising so much because people are genuinely hardworking, except some of them are mentally ill, but a lot of people would love to have a job and they just, it's just not there or they have a job and they still can't afford rent. So what are they to do?
0: I want to ask about affordability for a second as we turn from the macro to the really micro, and I'm going to get just a little nerdy for just a second for our real estate fans out there. Section eight, are are your properties generally section eight uh, properties where the government backs the rents or do you stay away from section eight?
4: No, section eight's a wonderful thing. Let's examine what section eight is. It's not subsidy other than that 30% rule. So let's say the rent is $900 and the tenant can, 30% of their rent, they can, of their income, they can afford is $300 or their social security or if they're disabled. Well, the voucher is only 500 bucks or 600 bucks, the difference. It's not full subsidy and it's good pay (laughs) and it's needed and we need more of it. Because we're the only society, if you saw in the news that uh, the UN put together, we're the worst country in terms of uh, homelessness. That's pretty sad that we're the wealthiest country, but we can't even house our own people. And why? Countries take care of their own. We don't. And that's the problem.
0: Eddie, it's uh, phenomenal being able to talk to you. Where do people learn more about uh, you and your team and what you guys do? Uh, We have a website.
4: That's the first crowdfunded website for impact real estate in the country. It's called impacthousing.com. So www.impacthousing.com. As a point of the jobs act, we can take non-accredited investors. It used to be only the wealthy and the accredited investors who could invest directly in our offerings. And now anyone and everyone, regardless of income level or wealth can participate with us. And it's very exciting that we have that opportunity.
0: And all the details are laid out there on the site. So, and you know what? Well, the SEC is very (laughs) meticulous about
4: these disclosures. Let me tell you, I've never been so examined in my history. Reminds me of my annual physical. So everybody can rest assured that my track record's on there. I've been checked out. I'm clean, background, all that's just clean as a whistle. And, you know, the question is, do you trust the person you're investing with. And, you know, I've proven to be pretty trustworthy.
0: Well, and I'm glad we got to talk to you today. By the way, if you're driving down the road to work or home or out walking the dog, whatever it might be, we've got you covered. We've got the links to Eddie on our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Thanks for hanging out with us here in the basement for a few minutes, man. I appreciate it.
4: Pleasure. Really
0: fun.
2: hey there trivia fans i'm joe's mom's neighbor doug and today we're pulling all the stops and i mean every single one because we're celebrating everything and i mean everything vanilla ice did you know that vanilla ice has been flipping houses for big money on his tv show the vanilla ice project oh yeah oh you better bet joe's mom does or that he was once chosen by people magazine as one of the 50 most beautiful people in the world I was 51. Apparently they misplaced my address, but I'm not bitter because we all know that if they had a similar award for announcers broadcasting from the neighbor's basement, we all know who'd win, right baby? I bet you probably knew this too. His incredible 1991 hit, Ice Ice Baby, was the first rap single to reach number one on the Billboard's Hot 100 chart. As they say in the 903, that song, Superfly. What? Nobody says that? Ever? they should okay speaking of ice ice baby here's some of doug's ice cold trivia what was the name of the original queen and david bowie song that vanilla ice used under his famous riff in ice ice baby stay cool trivia friends i'll be back with your answer in a jiggy what why doesn't anybody say jiggy it's a it's a cool word
0: well when you shop online do you suddenly turn into a tab hoarder i do loading dozens and dozens of new tabs in your browser search of a new promo code just one that might work afraid to close any of them in fear of missing out on the deal well before you crash your browser yet again try honey honey's the free browser add-on that over nine million people are using every day to save money while they shop online in two clicks two clicks people add honey to any browser for free Then shop like you normally do. Honey scans and tests millions of coupons in the background at checkout. Honey automatically applies the best coupon. Time Magazine calls Honey basically free money, and I totally agree. I have this thing running in the background all the time when I'm shopping, and it's funny. Just again yesterday, Honey shows up and says, hey, guess what? Here's a promo code. Bam. Add that, and I get money off that I didn't even expect I didn't look for. Honey did all the dirty work for me. So there's no reason not to add Honey to your browser today. It's free. As I mentioned, two clicks to install people, and it adds you tons of money. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com SB. That's two words. I thought it was honey.com at first. It's not. It's joinhoney.com SB to start saving with Honey today. That's joinhoney.com SB. We're also excited that Slack is a partner of Stacking Benjamin's. Slack's a collaboration up for work, whatever work you do. And I pointed to this guy before, and you might have missed the episode, but Steve Stewart use Slack even more than we do. Like we use Slack incredibly here, but Steve is a guy who not only does engineering for this podcast, he does engineering for some of the best podcasts out there for my friends, Jonathan Brad over at Choose FI, Paula at Afford Anything, tons of podcasts, our Money Tree podcast. He does that podcast too. Steve is on plenty of teams, so he needs a space like Slack to go so that it's all in one place. Instead of, imagine the number of emails or text messages Steve would have to have if it weren't for Slack. Slack connects the tools and services you need in one place. It lets you organize your team with real-time messaging, videos, or voice calls. That's the way we use it because I'm on just a couple different teams. Group file sharing happens there as we get ready for our tour to kansas city orlando and detroit this fall we're passing files back and forth all the time getting that up and ready to go searchable archives all in one easy to use app no more searching through emails for that one follow-up or searching through multiple systems to find what you're looking for slack it's where work happens and with mobile apps for ios and android that sync seamlessly you can always pick up where you left off no matter where you're at learn more at slack.com that's slack.com
2: welcome back friends and neighbors i'm joe's mom's neighbor doug and here was your trivia question what was the name of the original queen and david bowie song that vanilla ice used under his famous riff in ice ice baby the answer the song under pressure was used by vanilla ice and let's just say vanilla ice was feeling the pressure after queen and david bowie threatened to sue over copyright but vanilla ice stayed ice cool and settled out of court see That proves money can solve your biggest problems, no matter what Joe's mom says. See ya!
0: Thanks to Eddie for stopping by. Powerful stuff, man. I love hearing about uh, people that are so community-oriented and solving some of life's big problems.
3: When you've got the ability to have a platform like he does... And use that platform for the greater good. How
0: awesome is that, huh? Yeah, fantastic. Hey, let's throw out Haven lifeline, OG. Let's do it, Joe. Dude, I did not. Sh- I did not expect that. <laughs> I just threw
3: it out. It landed out there. We're rescuing somebody. From what? What are we rescuing them from?
0: We're going to tackle. Oh,
3: tackling. Yes. Tackle. Yes. Tackling fuel.
0: Right. We're going to tackle and uh, tickle. Now, those are two two different things, aren't nope. they? No, Not going to do that. We're going to tackle some of life's most important questions.
3: Low officer, I would like to report. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: A tackle and tickle.
0: <laughs> Our friends at Avid Life Insurance Agency put what you value first.
3: Well, I would say tackling and tickling because that's what we just guys been talking <laughs> yeah. about. But.
0: How about your loved ones and your time? If you can uh, tickle loved ones and tackle your time, I think that's good. It's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. If you head to com forward slash haven life now, you'll not only get a free quote, you'll also see how amazingly simple their application process is online. 15 minutes. Instant coverage decision. Prices are affordable. All policies issued by Mass Mutual, more than 600, More than 600. About a hundred and sixty-year-old insurer, and you don't have to wait several weeks for a decision. Which, by the way, you know how long the traditional process takes. I don't know. Four to six weeks. You know the four hey. to six-week shipping and handling thing. A lot. Yeah, four to six weeks go. for delivery. That's your. That, that's your <laughs> life that, insurance. I had
3: that experience this past week when I ordered something online.
0: We guarantee
3: it will be delivered not in time for the thing you need it for.
0: We guarantee like, it'll be what? delivered way after we tell you. Right. <laughs> Well, we're delivering today to our friend Derek. Say, hey, Derek.
1: Hey, Joe and OG. This is Derek. Um, I had a quick question for you guys. So the past two years of filing, since I've gotten married, my wife and I's tax liability have been a little bit higher than expected. Uh, So this year to combat that, I was just trying to think of different ways to reduce that so we don't have to pay uh, come the next April. Uh, she also is going to be self-employed later this year, so I imagine that's going to increase our taxes owed. Uh, so I guess I was just wondering kind of what the best ways to to reduce your tax liability um, if just simply contributing more uh, per paycheck to taxes or adjusting the withholding to do that, um, or even starting a traditional 401k, because I actually only have Roth accounts right now. So yeah, I was just wondering your advice. And I know you guys are big college football fans. I'm also wondering if you're NFL fans, and if so, what teams you like. And um, I hope it's not the Detroit Lions, because I am a Packers fan. So, oh, man. Thanks for the answer. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.
0: Well, why the heck did we listen to Derek's voicemail before we started this? How about
1: them Cowboys?
0: I, no, I can't, have a,
3: really. my can't have
0: a Packer fan ask us yeah. a question now we have I like to how we, i like his
3: phraseology should i contribute more to the taxes like it's a contribution you're helping out the government well and I'm i know contributing derek, to my taxes
0: yeah i and derek we know what you're what you're alluding to here but people talk about reducing tax liability your liability is the same the 401k reduces your tax liability if it's pre-tax or a deductible ira but putting more toward taxes each paycheck doesn't reduce your liability. It just pays it, it on time. Makes
3: the pain l- not as bad. The fastest way to reduce your tax liability is to stop working.
0: That's that is number one. Do number no, one. Do not quit earn your income. Job. There it is. You know,
3: that might be biting off your nose to spite your face, but that wasn't the question. He just said, "How do I reduce my liability? Stop earning money, or start earning it under the table." I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the, how to go to jail podcast. W- yes. Welcome to the, how to live under a bridge or yeah. go to jail yeah. podcast. Right. your your poison.
3: Here's the great news. If you haven't done a model for this year's tax liability, you're probably going to be in a better spot at the end of this year than you were the previous years just for doing nothing. And that's all because of the tax and jobs tax and jobs act. Uh, I think that was the name of it, right? It's a new tax law, whatever the hell they called it. Um, it's had some cool acronym that we're all supposed to remember, but um, <laughs> we can't. <laughs> we're all supposed to remember, is what I said. Right. But no, it's it, so, so it does, it did two things. One, it simplified the tax forms, allegedly. There's a little debate going on about that right now. So, what it did was it raised the standard deduction by more than double. And so, for a lot of people, that's going to save them some money. And there's a tax bracket uh, change. So, a lot of people are going to experience a little bit of, tax savings that way. So it might be helpful to actually do a little bit of a uh, exercise just to see how you might fare this year based on the new changes. A great resource for that, by the way, is the W-4 calculator on the IRS website. So irs.gov. You need your year-to-date pay stub for you and your spouse. You need last year's tax returns because it's going to ask you some information on it. And uh, and you put in kind of, here's where I'm at. Here's how much I've paid into taxes so far. You know, that sort of thing. Here's how often I get paid. And it says, here's what your liability is going to be at the end of the year, or you're overpaying or you're underpaying or whatever. So that may actually be the answer to your question. At the end of the day, really, there's only a few things you can do, right? You can spend more money on things that give you deductions. So things would be like pre-tax plans, like 401ks, uh, could be charitable contributions, could be having a gigantic loss in your business or you know, a fire in the house or something. But when it comes to reducing your tax liability, there's nothing that you can do that's dollar for dollar. So you always have to spend more money than you get back, if that makes sense. So you can say, well, I'll just give $10,000 to charity. Great idea. If you got it and you want to do that, sounds fine. Tax savings, $3,500. So what's better to have a $3,500 tax savings but ten thousand dollars out of your bank account or is it better to just pay the thirty five hundred bucks and now at least you still have sixty five hundred dollars left here for yourself so i shouldn't say there's nothing that's dollar for dollar but very few things so check the w4 calculator do a calculation to see if you're on track for the year and then if you're in a high tax bracket and you want to lower it maybe switch over to putting some money into uh, pre-tax plans
0: Another thing that I'd look at is with your wife's new uh, self-employment. I'm I'm curious about that, Derek, because when I started up my business, I didn't know anything about starting up a business. I had no idea all the things that I could uh, have as business expenses and make sure that they really are business expenses, but I didn't keep track. I didn't separate my business from my personal stuff. It was horrible. I did a horrible job and didn't have any good advice there. So... I would uh, I would look seriously at her business and see if there's opportunities there as well. Love it. Good stuff. Thanks for the question, Derek. We also get letters down here in the basement. You get letters. And Doug just brought down the mail. Our letter today comes from Javon. Javon says, hi, Joe and OG. I'm a 26-year-old who recently switched jobs. I participated in my old employer's 401k and rolled those funds into a rollover IRA upon departure I have about five grand to invest, and I'm unsure how to proceed. Consider I'm young, my risk tolerance is high, my time horizon for retirement is pretty significant. What advice would you give to someone in my shoes pertaining to investing the five grand? Thanks, thanks, Javon. Great question. Uh, What do you think, O.G.?
3: Well, not a lot to go on here, but um, let's just check off a few boxes kind kind of in a row. So this is extra five thousand. Is that the sense that you get from this?
0: I'm saying it's his five thousand from his old job. So it's, oh it's
3: a it's a ro- it's the I thought he was saying he did a rollover and he has five thousand. This is my rollover is five thousand. I,
0: I think the rollover is five thousand. Yeah, he's wondering how yep. to invest it now.
3: Oh, okay. Well, this is simple then. I would totally go with a whatever is going to complement your existing investment portfolio. So maybe you're just starting, and if you're just starting, it's really hard to beat an all market or all world, you know, single fund position if you felt like getting frisky and you wanted to kind of space it out maybe have two you know maybe a us fund that's all you know all companies and an international fund that's all companies and you wanted to kind of split that a little bit that's fine too i don't think you need to put this in 10 different places one would be fine two is fine more than two probably a little too much
0: i would also beware uh what many people do when they roll money over and they invest it they worry that that money's going to that it's going to lose money right away. Remember that you had that money invested before, and so it's just a point in time. Because here's what happens, OG. People roll the money over to an IRA. The market tumbles a little, and then they go, oh, that fund stinks. N- no. Yeah. 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 Don't make short-term decisions. That said, uh, the market goes up 70% of the time, roughly. So I would uh, put it all in at once, especially since it was invested before, I'm assuming. You know my thought process is even more aggressive, but that's why you're a financial planner and I no longer am. When I was a financial planner, I, I think I would have meant I would have said, Probably
3: said what I said.
0: I would have said what you said. Now and that now I'm you're like, now that I'm not a financial planner, swing at a pitch, small cap value baby stock. small cap value. He's going to put a bunch of money someplace else with his new four hundred one k. He's going to sure. diversify that responsibly. Take that five thousand dollar IRA, Javon. Put it in small cap value and never look back.
3: What about? international emerging markets
0: small cap value international emerging markets i do too i would do either emerging markets or i would do small cap value what about emerging markets small cap value i've i've i haven't seen such a fund oh okay is there such a fund sure there's <laughs> yeah, thousands there, there, of probably, them. there probably is i what have about a 3x bull no oh i would not do that not? only because they reset daily most of those things uh, reset every day so it's, right. it isn't the, it isn't the big
3: myth that yes. most people think is that, well, if I, Hey, you guys said the market's going up 70% of the time. Why wouldn't I just say, I'll take three times that I'm okay if it's volatile. No, 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 no. Because every day it's that day.
0: Yeah. Those things are made different than you think they're made. They're they're, <laughs> they're not what you hope they they're are. They're made
3: exclusively for you to lose money in yeah. and for the fun company to make a boatload of it. Yeah.
0: Actually, intentionally they're, they're made for day traders. Not for anybody who's going to leave money there overnight. So don't don't yeah. buy that. But you okay. know what then, Javon? I love it. Well, but the problem then, Javon, just so you know, I just told you to throw it long, which means it's going to be volatile as all get out if you do what I just told you to do. Now, it's still a diversified position. I like that. The chance of you losing all your money is incredibly small because everything in that portfolio would have to completely disappear. So that's not a problem. My only problem with my recommendation is you. And it is that you're going to watch it too much because if you if you take my advice versus OGs, this baby's going to be all over the map.
3: It is. Well, you got to be-, be okay with. So if you want to go small cap value, that's your number one performer long term. I got that. But you got to be okay with a minus seventy to get the thirteen percent average return, which is what small cap value does. You've got to be okay with a minus seventy. And you don't get to pick when that minus 70 happens. It could happen right out the gate and you go from 500 or, you know, 5,000 down to freaking 1250, right? Or it could happen when you have 500,000.
0: And by the way, I would diversify out of that thing. Long well, before you got there. Why? Why?
3: why not just swing for the fences? Keep doing it. Get you your 13 all the way.
0: Well, I mean, but then time frame becomes shorter. I see. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. all it's all about when you need the, all about when you need the money. And I like how you play dumb there. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay.
3: I don't play dumb.
0: <laughs> Thanks for the question, Javon. If you've got a question for OG and I, head to Stachybenjamins.com. On the top row, you have the questions button. And you know what? We've been recording ahead a little bit because of summer vacations, which means that The Haven Lifeline and the Bloom call for help on Fridays. You can have your question answered very, very quickly if you do those. Thanks also to everybody who's left a review of this here podcast. So amazing! Some of these reviews we've gotten lately. Oh, gee, Mom is just absolutely thrilled. Let me tell you about this one. She's been bragging about with her friends from the Bridge Club. This one. Is written by Mr. Keys09. Excellent podcast, five stars. Actually, I think it's Mr. Keys. It's M-R-K-E-Y-S. It might be Murkey's. <laughs> a great place to not learn anything but to be thoroughly entertained. All the hosts and guests are fun to listen to and doesn't get too deep into depths of financial jargon. If you're looking for something to keep you entertained, check this podcast out and you'd be surprised what kind of things thrive in a basement. Yeah. Soon to be OG, by the way, for a little bit. Can you believe we're moving out of the basement? That's our news today. We are moving out of the basement short term to live from my mom's new apartment over somebody's garage for six months before the big move.
3: Sounds delightful. Can't as we, wait. As we will be less smelly.
0: As we all packed up. When I wrote this recently out to people that get the Stacker newsletter, I got it. My first, my first reply was... Make sure OG's going with you to the new basement in Detroit.
3: That was nice of them to
0: say. Yeah, I was kind of annoyed by it. Like, why do I got to take him? Really? Okay. It's better than taking Doug, but he's already onto it. So uh, (laughs) I think, unfortunately, he's coming too. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you're somebody that needs financial help and you want more than just entertainment, OG's taking clients. And if you're ready to get your financial house in order, it's stackybedjamins.com forward slash OG for his calendar and to get the ball rolling. All right, Doug, it's your show now, man. What should we have learned today? So, what did we learn today? First, take some advice from
2: Eddie Lauren if you're buying an investment and want to have it be ethically sound. Do some research into how the company works and also their returns. Despite some myths, you can make your impact and have it pay. Second, thinking about avoiding an emergency fund? Because you don't know when disaster might strike, we recommend building one today, or yesterday if possible. (laughs) It's that important. But the big lesson? Don't take Joe's mom's word for the fact that it's Vanilla Ice Day. It's Vanilla Ice Cream Day, I've been informed. Oh, of all the vanilla holidays, how bland. Man, does that feel the same as every other holiday. Special thanks to Eddie Lauren for stopping by. You'll find more on his investment strategies at ImpactHousing.com. This show was created by Joe Saul produced by Richie Rutter Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at, at SBenjaminsCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor Doug, and I swear the worst part about coming over to Joe's mom's house is having to put on pants. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Check out my skills, Joe. Roll in, in my El Camino, ragtop down so my hair can flow. Word to your mother. I told you OG wasn't the only rap master in the basement.
0: Welcome to the after show. At this point, if you're new here, we don't usually talk finance, but today we're going to because you and I have uh, both had some pretty amazing conversations. And this is actually the spot today where we're going to pull the curtain back a little bit. People often wonder, what does the financial planner think of me? What does the financial planner think about my money? First of all, we compare far less than you do. Like we compare when- sizes, you mean? Yes. Yes. Bank rolls absolutely oh yeah yeah people really? you think that's the case i think people often ask so how do i compare to the rest of your clients i'm like i don't oh. really i don't really oh th-
3: you mean that i thought I you meant do advisors compare themselves against one another oh
0: no 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 yes they do absolutely
3: yes. they do all the time yes but and then you get very self-conscious and you want to throw in the towel and you're like fine fine i'm, I'm quitting this is ridiculous
0: clients often wonder though so, what do we think about you? Frankly, we just look at your questions and we answer them. And which
3: is a different question than am I similar to your other clients in the context of do you help a lot of people like me? Yeah, are my which problems I think is a good the same? Question.
0: I, I do too. Yeah. B- but but am I ahead or behind your other clients? Is kind of irrelevant, eh. and we don't yeah. think about it. But one thing that we do think is incredibly stupid <laughs> <laughs> is when we talk about topics like long term care, like we talked about on today's show. And you say dumb stuff, and we oh, have I, had people I have a, say. I have a little book. Dumb stuff.
3: I'm going to publish it someday. There was a book that I read by Justin Helpern, I think is his name. It was called "Shit it My Dad Says." Yeah. Have you heard? Have you seen that book? Yes. I am going to write a book. Shit it clients say. <laughs> and it will be funny to like the you know eighty thousand CFPs in the world, and we'll all laugh. Yes. And that'll be that'll be my funny joke.
0: Yes. And, and 90% of what clients say is good questions. And by the way, usually when you say, you know, this might be a stupid question, but what is a mutual fund? Not a stupid question at all. That's a great question. Absolutely Fantastic question. If a financial planner talks over your head, that's not dumb. This is dumb.
3: I'm just, I think, I think you and Cheryl should have some long-term care. What do you think about that? It's going to cost you $4,000 a year. What's your plan?
0: I think I'll just kill myself.
3: I'll kill myself. That is the
0: number one dumbest answer. I will kill myself.
3: No, well, I I will, I will reach out and I will suggest that the, that a close second, if not a number one answer would be, I'll have my wife kill me, (laughs) which is, I think really funny because now you just turned your spouse into a murderer who has to go to jail for the rest of her life.
0: Yes. Did you see Uh, the bill Moyer? It's been a long time since this happened though. I think it's even the, in the nineties, Bill Moyer, you know, the journalist, had a special about long-term care and mm. about the problem of aging of America. He had an interview with some guy who said he was going to kill himself. Yeah. And he was crying. To, it was horrible. It was a nightmare <laughs> because, then. because it became that time. It was that time and he couldn't do it. Yeah. He, he, wow. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, when you get to that moment, life is a strong thing.
3: You know, how about the um, life insurance component of, uh, hey, uh, Joe, you need to have three million dollars of life insurance because this is how we calculated it. You know, very scientific approach. And you say, my wife will remarry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that one, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Th- so there- forced, forced, forced marriage for financial sake.
0: Huh. (laughs) That's fun. I actually heard a joke about that where a financial planner, by the way, financial planning jokes, hilarious. Absolutely. Like if you want the height of jokes, do a joke about the financial planning process. So a uh, husband and wife sitting with a financial planner, financial planner says, okay, husband passes away. What would happen? And the wife says, well, uh, uh I, I'm sure I'd remarry. And the guy goes, wait a minute. You'd remarry the opposite of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. He's like, really? You'd remarry. And she says, well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm young enough. I, I don't want to sit around by myself. I'm sure I, I, I probably would remarry. He goes, really, really? W- would you? And n- now this is the husband, the financial planner is out of it. Now the husband he says,
3: like kind of just yeah. backs away.
0: Yeah. The husband goes, oh, Really? Would you would you still live in our house? She's like, you know how much I love that house. It's a fantastic house. Why would I move from that house? When you and I picked it, we picked it because I love the house. And he goes, yeah, I guess you're right. But wait a minute, would you sleep would you sleep in our bed with your new husband? And she goes, I picked out that bed. That mattress is the perfect mattress for my back. You know I have the back problems. And he's like, really? You get remarried? you'd live in our house with their new husband and you'd sleep in our bed. What, what wouldn't you do? Would you let him use my golf clubs? And she goes, no, he's (laughs) left-handed. Becoming a member at Navy federal credit union can help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy federal does. For example, You could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, if you're thinking consolidation, that's part of your plan. You could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed-rate home equity loan with zero closing cost, or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. What I like, you make your plan first, And then you use the appropriate instrument to get you there. And Navy Federal has them. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Equal housing lender. Membership required. Terms and conditions apply. Loan subject to approval.